Hello and welcome back to our mental health podcast. Today we'll be talking about one of society's shameful secrets and a very sensitive topic, abuse. Abuse can happen anywhere, to anyone, and it can take on different forms. Knowing the difference between normal conflict and abuse and identifying the signs of abuse can be a matter of life and death. So, let's get right into it. We'll learn about the topic of abuse by dividing it into two sets of three. The three types of abuse and three groups who are vulnerable to abuse. There are three types of abuse that are interconnected, and there are three distinct groups that are particularly vulnerable to abuse. Throughout our talk, we'll give you a couple true or false questions to see if you're able to spot abuse. But before we begin, let's define abuse. Broadly speaking, abuse consists of intentional or unintentional and repetitive acts that harm another person. An abusive person is typically someone who tries to control another person through fear or manipulation, causing distress or harm. Abuse comes in many forms, but generally speaking, there are three types of abuse verbal, nonverbal, and physical. Verbal abuse is difficult to detect because we're taught to downplay the effects of words. You've probably heard some variation of words can't hurt you, but that's simply not true. Should we put all the hurtful words into a category of abuse? Not quite. Using hurtful words in a fight or situation isn't ideal, but hurtful words turn into abusive language when it happens frequently. Here are the three components to watch for. Number one, abusive language can be threatening. If someone says they will hurt you, destroy your possessions, or shame you in public, that's abuse. Number two, abusive language is minimalizing. Verbal abusers will criticize every small thing that you do. On top of that, they might tell you that you're exaggerating, or they may roll their eyes while saying, you're too sensitive. Number three is the most sinister. Abusive language can be gaslighting. Gaslighting is when the abuser tries to control and manipulate your view of the real world. They will insist that a situation didn't happen and they didn't actually say that or that you're just crazy. Verbal abusers employ this tactic so that you start questioning your reality and judgment. Once you accept their version of the truth, the abuser gains control. Both verbal and nonverbal abuse falls under the umbrella of psychological and emotional abuse. The abuser seeks to control the other person through intimidation, humiliation, and fear in both situations. Examples of nonverbal abuse include stalking, making threatening gestures such as staring, withdrawing affection, or prolonged silence, constantly monitoring the victim's movements, and isolating the victim from others. Verbal and nonverbal acts of abuse eventually lead to physical abuse, the third type of abuse. An occasional push or slap is likely to escalate to kicking, choking, physically restraining, breaking bones, and ultimately, death. Under no circumstances is any type of abuse excusable or justifiable. These destructive actions are considered psychological abuse because they damage the victim's mental health. Staying in an abusive relationship with a romantic partner, family member, or coworker results in low self-esteem post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, drug or alcohol abuse, and physical illness. Some people might be thinking, just leave, why would someone stay and suffer? But is this person ready to leave? 
The reality is that many people in abusive situations suffer from low self-esteem, blame themselves, or are brainwashed into thinking that they won't find someone else that will accept them. If requested, offer to help contact a professional or make a plan to leave the abusive situation. Sometimes, it's safer to stay in abusive relationships. Threatening to leave an abuser may actually escalate violence. If you're in an abusive relationship, talk to someone you trust first. Make a plan to leave without the abuser's knowledge and go somewhere safe. Remember that the abuse you endured is never your fault. Now let's see if you're able to tell the difference between a fight and abuse. Please note that any similarity to actual persons or actual events is purely coincidental. You have a friend named Tom whose mother bought him a brand new car. As he's driving it, someone crashes into him and drives away. Now he's responsible for some very expensive repairs. Tom calls his mother, who usually has a calm personality. Suddenly, she begins to yell at him over the phone. She wants to know why Tom wasn't more careful and who will pay for the damages. Her words made Tom feel hurt and upset since his mother seldom reacts this way without explaining. At the end of the day, when everyone calmed down, Tom and his mother had a chat. She apologized and they sorted out the situation together. Tom's mother is an abuser. Is it true or false? Although she should have controlled her emotions at the time, the answer is false. On the surface, she doesn't seem to be an abuser because their conversation lacks threats and intimidating language. Tom's mother was upset, since she was startled, but this isn't her usual behavior, and she apologized for it. Now, you're a university student. There's a shy, soft-spoken young woman in your study group named Jenny. Jenny always seems to be distracted and anxious. Her boyfriend randomly shows up to the library when your group is working on a project and stares at the guys near her. Jenny assures you that he's just trying to protect her and apologizes after yelling at her. Besides, he only hits her when she makes him angry. Jenny's boyfriend is abusive, true or false? True. He is physically and psychologically abusive. He wants to control Jenny through intimidation, gaslighting, and physical abuse. Jenny may not realize she's being abused, or she's in denial. If you know someone like Jenny, check out our past podcast where we help you approach someone in need of mental help. Make sure to tell the abused person that you're concerned about them. As tempting as it might be, don't tell them what to do. Instead, ask them what they would like to do and listen to them without judgment. If requested, offer to help contact a professional or make a plan to leave the abusive situation. As we are about to close on this sensitive topic, it is important to mention three groups that are particularly at risk for abuse. They are children, the elderly, and the mentally disabled. These groups are susceptible to abuse because they typically rely on others to take care of them. Keep in mind that abuse happens regardless of socioeconomic status, gender, or culture. Abuse often starts in toxic relationships, but do you think it only happens in close relationships? Have you ever been in an unhealthy relationship with your boss or coworkers? Do you dread going to work? Are you feeling tired or burned out? If you answered yes to any of these questions, be sure to join us next time when we talk about mental health and the workplace. Thanks for joining us today on our podcast, and we hope we see you on the next one. Make it a great day.